Halloween special, so we thought we'd do something suitably creepy. We're going to talk about the original bogeyman, Ed Gein. Or Ed Gein. Or Ed Gein, however you want to say it. What if I say Gein? I'll, I'll stick with Gein. We will crack on with that after we've thanked some new and returning listeners and done some weird news that'll take 20 minutes, half an hour. So let's uh, let's crack on with that. So where are we at? Oh wow, Underwanger, Namibia, Fort Worth, Texas, Bel Air, and MD. Where's MD? Maryland. Maryland. Palm Coast, Florida. Columbus, Georgia. Haverhill in the United Kingdom. Shrewsbury in the United Kingdom. Debe in Trinidad and Tobago. Madrid, Spain. Derby in the United Kingdom. You was one of your favourite places, isn't it, Mike? <laughs> Derby. Sheep you love Derby. Sheep shaggers. I hear you want to remove to Derby. <laughs> East London in South Africa. That's a new one. Welcome to you. Liverpool, United Kingdom. Sarah Marang in Indonesia. Ooh, Saugatuck in Missouri, that's a cool one. Trinidad and Tobago again, San Fernando. Dublin, Ireland, Washington DC, Glasgow in the United Kingdom. Munich, Germany, Liverpool, Australia. Guadalajara, Spain. Shady, nasty New York down to third. And Telford in numbers two for once, well done Telford. And Sedgley in the United Kingdom, top. Binging. The Brits bringing it back for once. Mm. Putting those damn colonials in their place. Uh. <laughs> I mean, welcome to all listeners. <laughs> He's binging in Sedgley. <laughs> Where is Sedgley? Is it West Mids? Yeah, it's not far from here. I've never been. Is that a place I should visit? Maybe, is yeah. It, is it three pubs and a chippy? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right. Same as mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Alright then, let's do some weird news. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Well, this is very British. Royal Navy officer in charge of 16 nuclear missiles turns up drunk with barbecue chicken. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Lieutenant Commander Len Lau, I guess that's how you say it, Len Lowe, was taken back to Faslane in Scotland from US Navy's Kings Bay base in Camden County, Georgia, after he turned up for duty drunk. He was in charge of nuclear weapons. And obviously, because of that, being drunk and turned up with a bag of chicken... He was taken off. Not the worst story I've heard, though. What was the worst one? Them soldiers that dropped LSD and were in charge of the nukes. Yeah, no shit. No way. Yeah. I'm fucking tripping on acid and they're in charge of nukes. <laughs> <laughs> of all the places I'd want to do acid, it, being <laughs> in a submarine is not the place I want to be. I don't know if it was a submarine. I think it was a missile silo. <laughs> we don't have missile silos. It was back in the 60s. All oh, right. So not only had he been drinking, he was cutting a bag of grilled barbecue meat. He was taken off the submarine, which was docked in the US in Georgia, and brought home to its usual base in Faslane, Scotland. You notice how we always keep everything nuclear in Scotland? But it's a rate, it's wasteland anyway. That's what I mean, it's like, you know, 
His literally his role was to look after the missiles, which each contained three nuclear warheads each, and are roughly as powerful as thirty of the bombs which are dropped on Hiroshima. Wow. He was a source told the Sun, quote, he was not in a fit state to be in charge of nuclear weapons. Oh, no shit. shit. Why the hell have they just put a picture of the chicken? Like no <laughs> one's seen chicken before. Oh, <laughs> it's product placement in KFC. Yeah, yeah. I bet it is. My god, that submarine costs three billion quid. <sighs> Fuck me. Yet we can't afford. <laughs> yet we can't afford to feed starving children in this country. Oh no, Mike, because a nuclear deterrent is clearly more important. <laughs> Is the latest scandal to before the Vanguard class sub. Previously a former captain and first mate were removed from the vessel for sleeping with a female junior officers. Well, that's a bit harsh. It's not allowed. Why not? It's not allowed. You're not allowed to fraternise within the any of the armed forces with other oppos. Oh for fuck's sake. If you have a relationship you've got to do any fraternising in your shore leave time, so out of hours in your civvies. Mm. Because let's face it, if the captain's knocking off a, a female officer, like a bit below her, and she's got a really important job, but then she finds out he's also been knocking off another officer, right? She might not perform as well under stress. She might get everyone killed. Like, yeah. No, fuck you, we're ramming that Russian sub. <laughs> it's like, boom, nuclear explosion. Everyone's dead. But they can meet up outside of, you know, on their leave, so what's the difference? Well, it's, it's a knocking shop, to be fair. Mm. It is. Because, I mean, yeah, but they're on them subs for like six months at a time. Uh, and it's all very cramped. And it's literally 12 hours in bed, 12 hours out of bed. What? You've got single fucking bunks, mate. They it's are single bunks. Stacked yeah. up in threes. It's like their entire fucking world. It is literally where they sleep. And you're sharing that with another grotty bastard who's been in there for the 12 hours before you. <laughs> Lovely. It's not something I'd want to be doing. I went for it, didn't I? Mm-hmm. The submarine service. No, not so you can't be a submarine in the submarines if you're a female. Oh, right. Really? Much to my, uh, you know, or a navy diver because they, you know, they believe it can't. The, the women can't take the the same sort of pressures physio like physiologically as a as a male. I thought that was that was you know a bit. Err. A bit err. A bit err. Well, you know. Did you leap over the table and start slamming the officer's face into the desk, screaming, no, you want to know I the truth? Just... You can't handle the truth. Mm. I'm as good a diver as anybody. Well, that's it, yeah. I was just like, well, you, you know, we, there's, a, there's only very small amounts of difference between us, and I think the, mate, the Navy should move on. Yeah. So if you're listening, Mr Commodore, <laughs> move on! <laughs> Fuck you, Commodore. You joined the wrong service anyway. The Commodore? Yeah. Is that the title, is it? That's his rank, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had a captain in it, a commodore. Yeah, I don't know who the who's the one that like runs the whole show. Oh, they'd be the first lord of the admiralty. Right, first lord of admiralty. Move on. <laughs> yeah, because I think we've got more admirals than ships nowadays. Actually, to be fair, there's like forty-seven admirals and forty ships. Fuck. You know, Britannia rules the waves and all that. Why do you need that many admirals? You only need a captain for each one, and an admiral over, say. Five boats, maybe. Career progression, innit? All the captains are getting like so many years in as captain, they can't go any further. Mm. So unless they retire or leave or killed in action or something like that, they just got to wait their turn. So I suppose it's like, well, people are getting pissed off and leaving. Mm. They're losing that that individual with all his years of experience. So make him an admiral, fuck it. Or they're getting fucked off with the uh, barbecue chicken. Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna get him drunk. <laughs> yeah. 
So he's a lieutenant commander, so I'm assuming that's quite high. Yeah, cabin fever probably. Only way she's been out on the lash in America, any? Probably just having a good time. Hmm. Stood up for the bunker bucket of Georgian barbecue chicken, Mike. I bet it was fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, why can't he get pissed? You just don't get pissed and turn up and expect to leave the next minute, the next hour or so. <laughs> oh well, we salute you, Royal Navy officer. Yeah, happy days with the chicken. Yeah. I bet he was like on good terms with the rest of the the crew. Uh, what do you, you mean? You share of the chicken, aren't you? <laughs> what do you mean I can't go on the submarine? I'm perfectly fit to fucking control nuclear weapons. Never like them French though. <laughs> right then, move on. Yep. Pineland removes Ouija boards <laughs> after they condemned the satanic snowflake culture. Tell we talked about, about these the other day, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they've been removed. Oh, no, they were literally a quid as well, for mm. me. Didn't you get in there, Ben? No, I didn't. I was on days this week. I couldn't go. Oh. I'm not going up town on a fucking week- weekend. It's like a fucking Covid factory. <laughs> or a holding pen for the so, Jeremy Kyle show. Yeah, Poundland has removed Ouija boards from stores after being accused of encouraging people to unleash dark forces. Oh, it's not real. <laughs> oh, yeah. One said he was profoundly shocked to see Ouija boards being sold and warned that all hell could break loose if a demon attached itself to a player. Yeah. Alright. How many demons are there? Because I bet humans outnumber them. Actually, I don't know. Well, no. zero demons, so of course we outnumber them. Yeah. What's the worst case? Let's say that it's real and, they, and loads of people start getting possessed. What's the worst case scenario? Are the gates of hell going to unleash and release an apocalypse of fucking... Demons upon us. That's what they're saying. I'm not liking the sound of just possessed people full stop. (laughs) I know, if you're out on the piss and some bloke just vomits green pea soup over you. Because he's possessed. Is that this dry cleaned you'd go? (laughs) (laughs) Then like, back crab walls up the wall and he was on the ceiling hissing at you. Uh, Right, show off. You're drooling in my pint, you cunt. Put your tongue away. (laughs) 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 Just glass him. It's that guy again, he just wants some more publicity, doesn't he? Of course. Paranormal investigator Paul Marston's has spoken of this horror at Ouija boards being sold in Poundland. Ugh. The same guy again. Yeah, he said the young person doesn't control the board, the board controls them. And that is frightening in every sense of the word. I think they're an introduction to a world that is very satanic and takes control of a person's mind. And once the mind is taking control of them, it takes control of their actions as well. Well, I think he's a bit of a twat. Yeah. I think he's a bit of a killjoy. Yeah. I reckon mm-hmm. I could go to Poundland tomorrow and say, I'm going to get them Ouija boards in the back, have you? Yeah. Get some black market Ouija boards. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you two pounds for two one. Pounds. <laughs> and then we'll do a Ouija board. <laughs> well, it is Halloween coming up, you know. So we should have done one tonight. You should do it on the full moon, really. Is that the better time? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes sense. You know it makes sense. No, all right. Why are you just contacting werewolves, then? <laughs> Ghost werewolves? Yeah. How fucking cool is that? <laughs> all they say is don't go on the moor, though. Mm, make sure you've got a silver bullet. I always carry one with me. And the gun would be helpful as well. <laughs> just no, I'm just going to hammer it into... Throw, I'm just going to run up and hammer it into his chest yeah. with my bare hand. I've got a silver bullet. Shit, no gun. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I always carry... Suppository with his arse. 
Hey, would you like that, you cunt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. Mm. Wonder if you get in trouble for carrying around a revolver loaded with silver bullets and... Probably. <laughs> I don't think werewolves is a good enough defence. No, I'm just, just saying, silver would be no good as a bullet, probably, to kill humans. It's, not, it's quite soft, isn't it, silver? Oh, is it? I have no idea. It's the properties of it that kills the werewolf. That's it's it. not it's the not, velocity of the. You know. It's it's the properties of it, not the fact that you know it's a hard metal or it's going so fast. It's got to go pretty fast, but not, you know, it's the silver, isn't it? It's the mm. silver that does it. Yeah, I thought it's going in a silver stake then. Up the arse. Well, that <laughs> well, I'm keeping up on my arse. I... <laughs> 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 Well, you won't have to in airports. <laughs> I think the metal detector might go off, Mike. Excuse me, sir. Oh, I've got no more metal. Oh, got me werewolf slaying spear up my arse. Sorry, hang on. Can you give me a, a private room so I can expunge it, please? <laughs> no werewolf, are you? <laughs> You're not a werewolf, are you? What's the moon tonight? I'm watching you, Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> you see him bounding from part plane to part plane and howling. I fucking knew it! Oh. I fucking knew it! Ah, <laughs> uh, well, okay. Moving on. Last Moving one. On. So, he built a Trump's um, statue and worshipped it, then he collapsed. <laughs> who, the, who collapsed? The guy or the, I've seen this guy or the in statue? The, uh... He worships Donald Trump, doesn't he? He thinks he's his god. In <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a shrine. He must have a very small brain. Um, so this doesn't look nothing like Trump. Looks more like Pence. <laughs> it looks like a mannequin with a oversized arm. <laughs> <laughs> with, a, with a thumb up. And the hands are way too big. <laughs> Busher Krishna, a farmer who called the President Trump his god, stopped eating after Mr. Trump became infected with coronavirus, said his family. Uh, he died on Sunday. Oh, fuck me! <laughs> I wonder what his last words were like, I regret nothing. Uh -huh. or, please, please, Trump, please save me. <laughs> right, okay, so. His villager's uh, headmaster said that the young farmer, Busser Krishna, had been drawn to Mr. Trump's straightforward ways and blunt speech. Okay. And when Mr. Trump announced that he'd tested positive for coronavirus, it devastated Mr. Krishna. The farmer posted a tearful video on Facebook in which he said, I feel very sad that my God, Trump, has corrupted contracted the coronavirus i ask everyone to pray for him uh, for his speedy recovery oh god how much of a god is he <laughs> no i expect more from my god like not catching a nasty strain of the flu and dying yeah. like, i mean crucifix don't you think of it though crucifixion's a shit way for a god to die as well why would you stop eating to show solidarity oh, i don't know show lunacy <laughs> maybe trump killed him because he is a god <laughs> He fell into a deep depression on Sunday, he died of cardiac arrest. Or oh, broken heart syndrome? Fucking hell. Wow. Jesus. Still, I thought it was funny he was worshipping Trump as a god. Rest in peace, Mr Krishna. Yeah. There's no evidence linking his death to his fasting, though. Um, maybe Trump did strike him down. Or maybe one of the other Indian gods struck him down from yeah. above. 
Are you fucking idiot? This isn't how it works. <laughs> just give him a heart attack. Oh, well. Oh, he's even got a Trump t-shirt. Where the fuck did he get that? Well, he lives in India, not the fucking middle of the rainforest. <laughs> well, it's a long fucking... I mean, he must have paid a fair bit of money for it when he convert the rupee to the dollar, Mike. <laughs> you know, it's like... I didn't even know how many rupees it is to a dollar, but I'm going to bet it's a few thousand. I don't know, Ben. I don't know the economy of India, but... You know, I he's imagine. a farmer. I doubt he's that loaded. He may be loaded. Maybe he had one knocked up in the local shop. I don't know. There is sweatshops in India. Maybe all the Trump t-shirts are made in India. They are, aren't they? What, in China? <laughs> oh, it's bootlegged. Yeah. Bootlegged. A bootlegged Trump t-shirt. Because it's blue. It should be red, shouldn't it? <laughs> it's yeah. Wrong colour. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you tried so hard. Although Trump got was a Democrat, so though, wasn't he? <laughs> he used to be. Not anymore. Well, no shit. He's a Republican president, but yeah. He was a Democrat at one point. But he realised that... Um, he had a better chance of getting president as a Republican candidate. Just he um, loves the uneducated, doesn't he? That's what he said. Just <laughs> go to him and say, um, oh man, this is this is a sad state of affairs, actually. Mr. Krishna, a widowed farmer in his 30s, who lived in the village of Khan in the southern state of Telangana, had been a Trump devotee for about four years. He became a fan when the president appeared to him in a dream, his relatives said, and predicted India's national cricket squad would beat its arch-rival Pakistan in a match the next day. India won, and from that day he started worshipping Donald Trump, said Mr. Vivek, Mr. Krishna's cousin. <laughs> At first everyone in the family thought he was meant to be disturbed, <laughs> but he kept at it and eventually everyone came around. Uh, <laughs> so they're all Trump supporters now. I used to be like, oh, all right, mate. Okay. It's mad Krishna. Come on. <laughs> Did lose his wife. Come on, just, just humour him. It's obviously not right in the head, and I'd imagine the quality of psychiatrists in India in that area is not high. <laughs> Doesn't even look like Trump, though. <laughs> oh, that's a terrible photo, yeah, is it? <laughs> that's definitely Pence. I'm sorry, that looks like Mike Pence. Well, I think if you put a, put a hat on him, he looks like JR. Hmm. <laughs> uh, well, you know, whatever floats your boat, let's not mock his <laughs> beliefs. Just He took it a bit too far, didn't he? Well, just a bit he's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is that. <laughs> Bit of a miscalculation on his part, really. Imagine going on Facebook, though, in tears and asking people to pray for Trump when you're from India and you know that you don't know that most Americans don't like him. Yeah. Or, or certainly a percentage of Americans. I mean, I bet he did not get some kind comments on that video. Okay. We good? Yeah. Shall we move on to Eddie Gein? Mm-hmm. The original bogeyman. So, Edward Theodore Ed Gein, August 27th, 1906 to July 26th, 1984. Gein was born in La Crosse County, Wisconsin. His parents, George and Augusta, both natives of the state, had two sons, Henry George Green and his younger brother, Edward Theodore Gein. Uh, Ed's mother was very disappointed. She wanted a girl. Oh, right, okay. Ed's mother's a bitch, by the way. Yeah. She was a bit of a psycho, wasn't she? Yeah. And and the um the dad was an alky and couldn't hold down a job. So guess who was the the runner of that household? The strong Augusta Gein. Big lady, bold in her beliefs. What you would call today an Uber Karen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Augusta's deep contempt for her husband, uh, despite her deep contempt for her husband, the marriage persisted because of the family's religious belief about divorce. She opened a small grocery store and eventually purchased a farm on the outskirts of the small town of Plainfield, Wisconsin, which then became the Gein family's permanent home. Now, she moved to this location to prevent outsiders from influencing their sons. They only left the farm when they went to school. Apparently he never had many friends. No, and when he did actually make a friend, she mocked him about it. Yeah. Mm. She wouldn't let him talk to girls. No, because every woman, apart from her, was a sinner and a harlot and a prostitute and they'll lead you down an Ill, a morally ill path. Every single woman. Like That's... Bobby Boucher's mum. Yes, yes. Bobby Boucher's mum. <laughs> Bobby Boucher's mum turned up to the max. <laughs> yeah. She reserved time every afternoon to read to them from the Bible, usually selecting graphic verses from the Old Testament dealing with death, murder, and divine retribution. I mean, at least I got brought up watching the Dambusters. <laughs> you know? You don't want that as a small child, do you? She was a fervent Lutheran. Lutheran? Mm. Yeah. I'm guessing that they're followers of Martin Luther, so they'd be ultra-strict so. Protestants, something like that. Yeah, she preached to the, her boys the innate immorality of the world, the evil of drinking and the belief that all women were prostitutes. Yep. Instruments of a devil. So these two guys didn't really have much of a fucking chance, to be fair. But with an effeminate demeanour, the younger Gein, Ed, uh, became a target for bullies. Classmates and teachers recalled off-putting mannerisms, such as his seemingly random laughter as if he were laughing at his own personal jokes, and to make matters worse, his mother scolded him whenever he tried to make friends. Despite his poor social development, he did do fairly well in school, especially with reading. Mm-hmm. And this all, that's important, because he did like to read. Mm. Yeah, but when you've got no friends and, you know, not much left to do, is there really? No. To entertain yourself. Again, did try to make his mother happy. All he really wanted to do was to make her happy, but... She was rarely pleased and she often abused them, believing they were destined to become failures like their father. During their teens and through their early adulthood, the boys remained attached from people outside of their farmstead and so only had each other for company. And when you think that she wanted a girl, and she would tell him all the time that she wanted a girl, not him, it's psychologically damaging for a small child. Yeah. Of course it is. You'd be thinking, you know, why? Why me? Why, you know, why wasn't I a girl? Or... Yeah, maybe I want to be one. Uh... Most of these serial killers come from repressive families, don't they, where there's a mm. strong sort of matriarchal... Not always matriarchal. Isn't it? Patriarchal too, like John Wayne Gacy's dad used to call him a, a faggot. Mm. That's not me, by the way, that language. And, you know, he's a fruit picker as well was, must be slang. Because <laughs> he used to say, I ain't no fruit picker. And when you call your son John Wayne, and he's a, a fat little fuck, then you've probably gambled and lost, haven't you? Mm. You're giving him the, and the name of the most manly man in America, and he's a fat little fuck. So, my dad wanted me to be a boxer. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What, a boxer Apparently, dog? <laughs> does, he, does he know how it works? <laughs> Apparently, he wanted a son, and he, his idea was to become a boxer, but... Did he I ever don't know try? Why. He never pushed it on me, and I'm a complete pacifist, so. Well. But, um, your dad should have done boxing, he's fucking yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'd have been fucking awesome. 
It's about um, them sort of reliving through their their, their youth it. or their lost youth through their, their children. Oh, I wish you could have been this or that or I could have been. And it, that's what it's really about. Yeah, pushing the kids into playing sports because like, I was good at football so you will be as well and you'll be better than me and you'll become a professional and I oh, can make... I wasn't good at sports so I'm going to, you know, encourage you to be good at sports. Can, you know, yeah. it both ways, can't it? Can work like that. So, George Gein died of a heart attack in 1940, brought on through alcoholism and probably being nagged by his fucking wife every minute of every waking hour. Um, the Gein brothers began working at odd jobs to help with expenses. Both brothers were considered reliable and honest by the residents of the community, and both worked as handymen. Ed Gein also frequently babysat for neighbours. <laughs> he enjoyed babysitting, seeming to relate more easily to children and than adults. And he did, he had like teenage friends. You know, there was no abuse, there was nothing, but they would come to the farm and they would hang out with him and he had, you know, and they had no idea what was going on. Mm-hmm. As we'll get to later, he had some, like, heads and he was, like, like preserved heads. And he was like, oh, yeah, my, uh, my, my cousin bought them back from the, from the Philippines in World War II. What? And so they're like, oh, okay. They're teenagers. It's like... Gullible. Gullible. Thought nothing of it. Like, that's a normal thing to do. Every soldier brings home trophies from war. Not heads, though. Surely. Hey, you... My, my massacre. Some bloke was going around collecting ears and hanging them around his neck. I mean, I was in Vietnam. I mean, even in... their sword or their little knife or something. (laughs) 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 The older brother, Henry, began to reject his mother's view of the world and worried about Ed's attachment to her. And he started to basically take Ed to one side and say, look, she's not good for us. I'd actually quite like to get married and have kids. Mm -hmm. I want to see the world. I want to get out and do my own thing. And, you know, you need to do that as well. And he spoke ill. She's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know, we can't live like this. And because Eddie's like all his mother, he's sort of constantly trying to please her. Mm. So, on the May 16th, 1944, a brush fire burned close to the farm and the Gein brothers went out to extinguish it. Reportedly, the brothers were separated as the night fell, Ed Gein lost sight of his brother. When the fire was extinguished, he reported to the police his brother was missing. And when a search party was organised, Gein led them directly to his missing brother, who lay dead on the ground. Right, OK, that's a bit... Suspecting it. Yeah, and apparently they said, well, how did you know come straight here? And he goes, oh, just funny, I guess. <laughs> uh, because everybody knew he was this weird guy. I mean, he was described as an oddball. He was an oddball. He was, you know, probably... He was mentally... Well, we'll see later on. We'll get to his mental state. But, mm-hmm. you know, he was a bit of an oddball. He was harmless. That's why they trusted him with their kids. For God. <laughs> it was a different time back then, wasn't it? It was. It was. However, the police did have some concerns about the circumstances under which the brother body was discovered. The ground on which Henry Gein was un- lay was untouched by fire and he had bruises on his head. Despite this, the police dismissed the possibility of foul play and the county coroner listed asphyxiation as the cause of death. Although some investigators suspected that Ed Gein killed his brother, no charges were filed against him. Oh, he killed his brother because he didn't want him to go out on his own or upset his mother. Upset the mother, I think, more than anything. Yeah. I think that pleasing mom was everything, and if he starts speaking out, he's going to get them both in trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, all he wants to do is make her happy. Of course. So after his brother's death, Gein lived alone with his mother, who died on December 29th, 1945. 
following a series of strokes, uh, at which time Gein lost his only friend and one true love and he was absolutely alone in the world. Hmm. Now, she actually had a stroke and recovered and then later on they had to go to see another farm to, uh, I think it was to buy some hay or something like that. Well, it turns out the guy who ran that farm had a mistress and she found out about that and basically started ranting and raving at him and with a Christian dialogue and gave herself another stroke, which <laughs> then killed her. But Gein was just like, you know, he was bawling his eyes out at the funeral. There's no one there apart from a couple of her brothers and him. And, you know, he's like, oh, she was too good for this world. <laughs> you know, oh, sobbing, tears, a lot. Stockholm Syndrome, innit? Yeah. yeah. To love your captors. I mean, I know it's his mom, but where she treated him. Well, that's it. And he's removed his brother at the equation now, so he can be your mom's favourite. Mm-hmm. Unless she's dead and he's all alone. Yeah. So he remained on the farm, supporting himself with earnings from odd jobs. He boarded up rooms by his, used by his mother, including the upstairs and the downstairs parlour and living room, leaving them untouched. He lived in a small room next to the kitchen, and he became interested in reading death cult magazines and adventure stories. That's not a healthy mix. <laughs> Let me see, like, Death Court magazines. They're a bit like, um, you know, head takers in the Pacific Islands and things like that. Mm. You know, various bloody rituals done to the human body. It was a popular thing in the, in the 40s and 50s comics. When they said, mm. On November the 16th, 1957, Plainfield hardware store owner Bernice Warden disappeared. Now, they had got reason to suspect him. Their son told investigators that Gein had been in the store the mo- that evening before the disappearance, saying he would return the following morning for a gallon of antifreeze. And there was a sales slip for a gallon of antifreeze, the last receipt. Was yeah, written. It was the last, he was the last person seen with it, wasn't he? That's right. And they didn't find her for a while, mm. until they did eventually search Ed's house, but only after another killing. And basically it's like, well... He used to make jokes, oh, you know, if you stop... Because everyone thought he fancied her, because he was obviously going for women like his mother. Mm-hmm. Similar age, similar build. So he's hanging around the shop, and he's hanging around the bar where he, his other victim was, and they're like, oh, you know, if you stopped hanging around there and just asked her out, then, you know, you, you might actually get her. And they're like, oh, and she, he'd be like, oh, what do you mean? She's, she's up at the farm right now. Mm. And they're like, what the fuck? Mm. <laughs> Upon searching the property, investigators delivered Warden's decapitated discovered, body. Discovered Warden's decapitated body in a shed, hung upside down by ropes at her wrists, with a crossbar at her ankles. The torso was dressed out like that of a deer, and she had been shot with a .22 caliber rifle. And the mutations performed after death. Fuck. Grim. That is grim. The mutations after death. That's. Oh. I suppose that's something, isn't it? It's just basically gutted her like a deer and strung her up, cut the head off. Oh, it's fucking grim, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's why this is the Halloween. <laughs> Searching the house, the authorities also found four <coughs> noses, whole human bones and fragments, nine masks of human skin, bowls made from human skulls, ten female heads with the tops sawed off, human skin covering several chair seats, Mary Hogan, which was his second victim, she was a tavern owner. Again, similar woman, big, better than the 50s. He shot her in the back at closing time. Her head was in a burlap sack, uh, in a paper bag, sorry. Bernice Warden's head was in a burlap sack. There were nine vulvas in a shoebox. Oh, oh my 
God. What? Yeah. Skulls on the bed on his bedposts, organs in the refrigerator, a pair of lips on a drawstring for a window shade, <laughs> uh, a belt made from human female nipples, <laughs> and a lampshade made from the skin of a human face. Or the skins of human faces. What well, mate, is the house of horrors in it? There yeah. was also a drum made with human skin and Ed's woman suit, which had breasts and everything. And at night, because it was quite an isolated place, he'd put on his woman suit, take his drum out, bang his drum, dance around, hollering and hooting, having a whale of a time, apparently. Mm, like them um, tribes in the Death Court magazines, probably. Mm, exactly. Did they cure this? Cured the skin out or dried it out, you know, salt in it, I don't know. <laughs> like, like scratchings, I don't know. I don't know, it's got to be skinned and cured and put in water. I don't know how you do, I don't know how you do it. I honestly don't. I don't know how you cure how do you human make a skin. Lamp how do you make a lamp out of a human face? I don't, I don't know, but I seem to want to know. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. If you want to a workshop, Ben. <laughs> Now, it's worth pointing out that, yes, he only killed two people, and that seems a lot for two people, doesn't it? He robbed a lot from graveyards. He was robbing graveyards. <laughs> Women who died similar age to his mother, go there at night, dig the grave up, take parts of them, bury the whole thing back again. Never had sex with the bodies, though. He said because they smelt too bad. <laughs> so if it didn't smell too bad, he might have. Yeah. That's terrible. When questioned, Gein told investigators that between 1947 and 1952, he made as many as 40 nocturnal visits to three local graveyards to exhume recently buried bodies while he was in a daze-like state. Now, there is certain evidence to suggest that he was having visions. He was seeing faces in the leaves of plants as well. So he's clearly got something going on, whether that's schizophrenia or something, undiagnosed, not helped by his brutal, oppressive religious mother, treating him like a girl. Mm. That's what happens when you have untreated medical mental illnesses. That's it. Yeah. On about 30 of those visits, he said he'd come out the days and while in the cemetery, left the grave in good order and returned home empty-handed. But on other occasions, he dug up the graves of recently buried middle-aged women he thought resembled his mother and took the bodies home where he tanned their skins to make his paraphernalia. He admitted to robbing nine graves, leading investigators to their locations, because the authorities were uncertain as to whether the slight Gein was, in, was capable of single-handedly digging up a grave in a single evening. As I think with this guy, he's a skinny guy, he's not the tall, he doesn't look strong, but he's a farmer, he's used to hard labour, he's got that wiry strength. Yeah. You know, he's baling hay and digging holes all day. He's a handyman, he certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> they exhumed two of the graves and found them empty, thus corroborating Gein's confession. The fact that they're like, nah, you couldn't do that, you're too much of a pussy, is shocking. Like, just go and exhume the fucking body, man. I'll try, yeah. It's <laughs> very dismissive, isn't it? For it is a little bit. Yeah. So shortly after his mother's death, Gein had decided that he wanted a sex change and began to create a woman suit so he could pretend to be female. 
Ian's practice of donning the tanned skins of women was described as an, quote, insane transvestite ritual. Oh. They weren't very big on um, LGBT and all that back in the 40s, were they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'd imagine it wasn't even a thing. Mm. I think this is where Silence of the Lambs got it from. It's an influence of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's... And the... Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Buffalo Bill, Silence of the Lambs. Oh, you'd argue he's actually become a pop culture icon. Yeah. In a way. Cult, yeah. We're talking the 40s. Nothing like this had ever been discovered before, I imagine. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. I mean, it's some pretty sick shit. When you've got police officers retching outside the fucking the room where he strung these two women up and carved them open like deer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a pretty great... Especially if you fucking bump against it in the dark. Oh. Yeah. Now, a 16-year-old youth whose parents were friends of Guy, you know, had attended ball games and movies with him, reported he was aware of the shrunken heads, which Guy had described as relics from the Philippines sent by a cousin who'd served in World War Two. Upon investigation by the police, these were determined to be human facial skins, carefully peeled from cadavers and used as masks by Guy. You've got to give it him. Jesus. He's committed. <laughs> he really... He's a big committed. <laughs> he really leaped into his hobby, didn't he? He certainly did. You know? I wish I had that motivation. Mm. Highly motivated individual. Sounds like changing rooms as well. <laughs> oh, man. Are you ready to see your, your new living room? Okay, I'm okay, getting Remove your eyes. It's just like human fucking skin upholstered sofa the carpet there's a human rug lying out like a bear rug with a head yeah. there's a fucking oh there's light lampshades maybe the human skin there's a nipple belt hanging off something <laughs> I mean oh you know like, there's a human skin plastered across one wall as a feature mm. I went with an Ed Gein look <laughs> I think human skin's going to be really in soon mm. <laughs> Fuck. And they recognise that they actually killed both their parents to make the feature wall. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> Tragic. But yeah, that will be an episode I'd watch though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you scrunk and edge at the bedroom now, we put the schools on the post of the, the bed. When you said that, I was like, oh, that's <laughs> that is pretty metal, isn't it? Yeah, bed. <laughs> Let's just agree to something, yeah? There's nothing wrong with having schools on your beds, bedposts, bedposts as long yeah. as you haven't dug them up from a cemetery. Yeah. Make them out of plaster or carve them out of wood. Yeah. Paint them up. Get someone else to do it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. There's mine to be shit. Dig them up. Oh, man, so the Welshore County Sheriff, Art Shelley, allegedly physically assaulted Gein during questioning by banging Gein's head and face into a brick wall, causing his initial confession to be ruled inadmissible. Although Shelley then died of a heart attack in December 1968, age only 43, a month after testifying at Gein's trial. Many who knew him said he was traumatised by the horror of Gein's crime, and that this, along with his, the fear of having to testify, especially about the assaulting of him, led to his early death. Um, one of his friends said he was a victim of Ed Gein as surely if he had butchered him. Why was the trial in, like, 1968? Good question. I suppose he's probably been uh, mentally evaluated yeah. over a few years. Yeah. And, and medicated or something like that, and they've just got him well enough to... 
stand trial, possibly. Oh, he died in 68? Yeah, so a month after testifying at his trial. Oh, yeah. And then it says there that November 21st, 1957, is a trial. I'd imagine someone's fucked up. It looks like it. Oh, so on that trial on December, November 21st, 1957, Gein was arranged on one count of first-degree murder in Washura County Court, where he entered a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. Found mentally incompetent and thus unfit to stand trial, Gein was sent to the Central State Hospital for the Criminally Insane, uh, now the Dodge Correctional Institution, a maximum security facility in Wampoon, Wisconsin, and he was later transferred to the Mendota State Hospital in Madison, Wisconsin. In 1968, Gein's doctors determined he was sane enough to stand trial. Okay, yeah, yeah. so it's 11 years he's yeah. been in this mental institution. Right. Yeah. Um, and they did determine him guilty of first-degree murder, but because he was found to be legally insane, he spent the rest of his life in the mental hospital. He kind of really got away with he this. He yeah. Like, totally got away with it. So the aftermath of this, on March 20th, 1958, while Gein was in detention, his house burned to the ground. Arson was suspected. When Gein learned of the incident, he shrugged and said, just as well. Mm. In 1958, Gein's car, which had been used to haul the bodies of his victims, was sold at a public auction for $760, which is about $5,000 today. Uh, sold that to a carnival sideshow operator, Bunny Gibbons. Bunny Gibbons? <laughs> what a name. <laughs> and he charged carnival goers 25 cents admission to see it. <laughs> I'll never... Yeah. Swell macabre. Yeah. So on the July 26th, 1984, Gein died of, the res- of respiratory and heart failure due to cancer in Goodland Hall at the Mendota Mental Health Institution. His gravesite in the Plainfield Cemetery was frequently vandalised over the years. Souvenir takers chipped off pieces of his gravestone before the bulk of it was stolen in the year 2000. The gravestone was recovered in June 2001 near Seattle and is now in a museum in Washura County. Cool. It's a museum. Yep. Now, the impact in popular culture, as we mentioned earlier, his, number was ad- his story was adapted into a number of movies, including Deranged, 1974, In the Light of the Moon, 2000, later retitled Ed Gein for the US market, and Ed Gein, the Butcher of Plainfield. Never seen any of them. He also influenced the nature of the book and film characters, most notably such as fictional serial killers as Norman Bates in Psycho, Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and Buffalo Bill from The Science of the Lambs. All classics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then <laughs> Of course, there's the Ed Gein musical. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Premiered on January 2nd, 2010 in Manhattan, Wisconsin. Yeah. Fantastic. Ed Gein in his twisted dream coat. <laughs> Ed Gein in his incredible technical flash coat. Yeah, <laughs> flash coat. <Aww. laughs> I'm trying to think of a song from Technical Dream Coat now. Oh, how's it going? I don't know, I've got to remember. Orange oh, and flesh. And <laughs> <laughs> so let's just talk a little bit about his sexual confusion. Now, Augusta, his mother's strict view of life, sowed the scenes of a sexual confusion in adolescent Ed. His natural attraction towards girls clashed with his mother's warnings of eternal damnation. A naturally shy and slightly effeminate boy, Ed never dated girls or had any healthy interaction with anyone of the opposite sex. Instead, he nurtured a bizarre, almost odipedal devotion to his mother. Yeah, there was a bit of an Oedipus complex, wasn't there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Do we know what Freud has to say about all that? Yeah, but Freud was also really fucking high and was obsessed with the idea of fucking his own mother, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> because everything, you know, Freud was like, mm. oh man, you're depressed. You want to fuck your mum, but you know you can't. Yeah. Like, mate, I've just fucking lost my fiance. <laughs> no, you want to fuck your mum. That's what it's about. <laughs> and he did a lot of drugs. Freud. Mm. Definitely on the weed. And I think most of his ideas are completely discredited now. I don't think they are, are they? They're still taught. Yeah? Mm. Oh, well, okay. Freud's, yeah, definitely an Oedipus complex, I'd argue. But your mother is telling you that every single woman in the world, apart from her, is a harlot and a tool of the devil. It's going to fuck with you, innit? Oh, yeah. yeah. Completely. It's going to mess you up. I mean, Claire, you're a mental health professional. Well, yeah, it's going to give you give you a disorder of some sort. Because it's just ongoing trauma, isn't it? Always the same thing coming at you all the time. It's going to warp your your own sense of individuality, isn't it? Well, and probably give you feelings of wondering whether you should be another gender because she tells you that she wanted a girl all the time as well, mm-hmm. and that's why you're a disappointment too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he killed two people. So he's hardly a heavy hitter. Mm-hmm. Right? He's not like Gacy in the 30s or Dharma was 10 or 12. Zodiac Killer was 6 or 7, maybe more. But I think that his legacy was more important, wasn't it? That's why he's remembered. It wasn't the killing. It was what he did with the bodies after. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's uh, disturbed, isn't it? Oh. Lamb. Mm. Imagine being the cop going into the... the the outhouse where he kept the bodies strung up, gutted like deer, hung from the ankles, hands bound behind the back, head cut off, and they've been sliced open, the organs are missing, and gutted like you'd gut a deer on your hunting trip, because it's Wisconsin and most people hunt. And he's, you're going in, there's no light in there, got your torch, your gun's out, and the next thing you know, this fucking pink bloody thing just swings at you, you knock against it. And that comes out the fucking torchlight at it's you. It's smell as well, isn't it? Yeah. You'd smell it first, you'd be like, oh fuck. I think he'd actually salted it, which I presume you'd have to do for the, mm. the to preserve the skin. Yeah. That'd just be terrifying, wouldn't it? Yeah. Horrible. And then walking in the house and... And seeing him. And he yeah. just standing there with his little grin that he always had. Mm. Never always had this bit of a lopsided grin. And a bit of a droopy eye. He's just a little effeminate guy. I know he couldn't have fucking... Where's he got all these from? I mean, you kill, and he's like, oh. and, he just, and he just admitted everything. Yeah, I killed two. Uh, went to forty grave trips. And so, I, I don't. All I can say, he goes, bloody hell! <laughs> I didn't notice this. <laughs> You've been turning that light on every night. It's been wind. Oh, I just thought it was. I don't know where I got it. I thought it was mom's. <laughs> oh, try and talk yourself out of this one, Eddie. Okay. Yes, good as it. <laughs> okay. Well, what happened was. <laughs> Um, An honest criminal, he just come clean and, you know, said, I did this and that, and that's... He fully cooperated. Yeah. You know? Which, to me, would show that he's got a certain sense of, like, something about him, you know, how crazy could you be if he could remember it all and say, I did it all? Well, that's it. I mean, a lot of killers tend to get drunk. Mm. You know, I mean, Dharma always did the deed blackout drunk because he... You know, it's, they don't want to remember it. Tools the senses, are Tools the senses. You know, if he's sober when he's doing this, and then he's outside in a full moon with his lady suit, banging his human skin drum, having a holler, 
having a great time. You've got to wonder what the fucking guy's psychological state, haven't you? Well, yeah, he's like, been isolated for a long time, hasn't he, since his mum died? That's it. He's obviously got a mother fixation, so I think we can agree with Freud on that. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, the bodies that he dug up, the women he killed, built like the mother, similar age when she died. Yeah, but if she's saying, I'm the only woman you can ever love, and then she dies... Mm. Yeah, it must have broke his heart as well. Well, it did, yeah. That pretty fractured his psyche as well. Yeah. She was his world. I mean, you imagine how she's had the strokes. Who's taking her food in? Who's looking mm. after? Who's changing her? Who's helping her get to her feet? Mm-hmm. It's him. And all the while, he's taking abuse from her. Yeah. It just goes to show that these religious fuckers are absolute wankers. Or most, some of them. Uh, I'm going to say it's a big generalisation, isn't it? Fuck it, generalise it! <laughs> And when people like that are, aren't they? Like, oh, hey, you're the devil, you're the devil. You're like, you looked at yourself, you prick. I think it's just these minorities, you know, the, the, the small amount of people that just take it too far. Well, that's it. There's extremists in everyone. Extremists, that's it. Yeah. But you don't want to be raised by one, do you? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you took the Bible literally, you wouldn't take a shit, would you? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Following them 600 commandments. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're coming out tonight. No, I can't. On Thursdays, I'm going to be home by four. One of the commandments, sorry. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. No. You always the extremists. It's okay. Is that Ed Gein? All right, well, let's end the show on some weird news then. Let's do it. And some fucked up facts. Yeah. Let's get the boys' views on this week's weird news. Feminists facing jail time and thousands of euros in fines for offending religion and committing hate crime after parading a huge plastic vagina in Spain's Seville. Sevilla. Seville. Sevilla. That's a Sevilla. That's a it's a big plastic vagina. <laughs> it is. It's wearing a cape as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's garlanded with flowers. Super vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Three feminists are facing more than €3,000 in fines and a year in jail, each parading a huge vagina during oppression in Andalusia. The Criminal Court of Sevilla heard last week how the women erected a two-metre-tall plastic vagina upon a wooden board in the regional capital on May 1st, 2014. Yeah. It's taken taken this long to get to court. Oh, right. Wow. (laughs) The Spanish Association of Christian Lawyers has accused the women of a hate crime and a crime against religious feelings. Because there wasn't enough male nudity on it. Uh, Child wow. nudity, there wasn't enough. It was a picture of a naked kid, they'd probably be fucking all over it. <laughs> Dirty religious bastards. God. Catholic, oh, you know what I mean. <laughs> the group said they acted with ideological hatred, demanding they be sentenced to a year behind bars. Why do you need an association of Christian lawyers in the first place? Everybody's got... The law yeah. and their pockets and, well, you know, yeah. their sleeves. But the church is so good and pure. Why would you need lawyers? They're doing Christ's work, aren't they? Why do you need lawyers? There's no, there's no bad stuff going on. No. Just throwing it out there. The AEAC, which is the, the Christian lawyers, uh, said the parade constituted, con- ooh, constituted. constituted a derision to the holiness and virginity of the Virgin Mary. When it's got that cape that was draped over oh, for yeah. a second, I thought, is that Mary? Yeah. I mean, what, what is it? Oh. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the blue shroud. cape, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a virgin vagina. Oh. <laughs> Where's the hymen? <laughs> Inside, I'm guessing. <laughs> I wonder if there's a mock. I bet some priest threw himself into that once they confiscated it. <laughs> like dove head first. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Spanish church, Catholic church, not too big on two meter tall vaginas being paraded in the streets. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> wow. Political correctness gone, man. It is. If I can't travel through the streets <laughs> of Spain with a two foot vagina on top of my head, what can you do? <laughs> what can you do? Sad times. It's not a hate crime, is it? Cracky. How is it hate crime? I don't know. I mean, if you were setting it on fire, then yeah, it would be. Yeah. What if it's... Burning vagina. You know, it's celebrating the vagina. What's wrong with that? The Catholic 50% of us have got one. <laughs> what, in this room? <laughs> you got, does that mean you've got both? I'm a hermaphrodite. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> Interesting. When you tell me to go fuck myself, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, it's perfectly natural. What, hermaphroditism? Well, yeah, that and that. <laughs> well, fair enough. I've got no problem against it. I like, particularly like the effort they've put into the clip. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay. It's all about a detail. Of course it is. <laughs> and the cape really you know, makes it pretty sharp. Really yeah, I think we've determined it's a shroud. It's a shroud. Like yeah. Well, I like to think it's a cape, but all right. <laughs> What's the difference between a shroud and a cape, though, really? You know... Someone's got innocence. Oh, yeah. At the end of the day, didn't that didn't give birth to the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. Therefore, a, shouldn't it be worshipped? It's a big step you've made there. According, <laughs> according to them, it is. I'm only going by what they're saying. According to them... Yeah, yeah. It's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there it is. You know, Jesus popped out of that. Exactly. So, you know, why not statues with just Jesus' face coming out of the <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want, damn it. I wanted to make that cake for someone's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> someone's baby shower. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I want to see it now. <laughs> okay. All right, then. Next up, Britain's biggest hoarder dies suddenly leaving behind four million pound treasure trove. Ooh. Oh, fucker. Yeah. He's got a book called The End of Poverty. He's got loads of rubbish as well from this picture. His house is... Ooh. Yeah, there's a lot of shit there. A treasure trove of more than 60,000 items amassed by Britain's biggest ever hoarder could fetch as, more, as much as four million at auction. The enormous collection was stacked floor to ceiling in every room of a ter terraced house in Nottingham and got so vast the late owner had to move into a and b for the last year of his life. Fuck me! <laughs> Fuck me! How much money's this fucker got? He rented a one-bedroom flat, two garages, part of a neighbour's garden and 24 council wheelie bins just to stash all the stuff. My God. The eclectic hoard includes thousands of items of Beatles memorabilia, signed photos and historical letters about President John F. Kennedy, Winston Churchill, Gandhi, and Elvis Presley. <laughs> wow, so he's not just pissing around then, is he? No. They couldn't even get into the property, but uh -huh. Oh my God, imagine getting that on Storage Wars. <laughs> yeah. There are more than 6,000 vintage comics, over 4,000 rare books, 3,000 vintage chemistry sets, brand new cameras and lenses, and 12 Rickenbacker guitars, 
from the 1960s and 70s. Wow. There is also an excellent collection of Russian and American space exploration memorabilia that includes slides and photos as well as cinema reels, radio equipment, ghetto blasters from the 1980s, airfix models and lots of jewellery. The hoarder who suddenly who died suddenly earlier this year at the age of 44 was a bachelor who lived alone in the three-bedroom house in Nottingham. It is thought he started collecting about 18 years ago with the intention of selling all one day to fund his retirement. Wow. Neighbours said a Royal Mail van filled to the brim with parcels would visit the address once a week without fail. Fuck me. The hoarder worked as a computer programmer and it remains a mystery how he found the money to buy it all. I'm guessing a lot of it's on credit. <laughs> well, they ain't getting that back. He's, well, they're both oh, the really, auction, actually, probably. They really are some fucking... Wow. Some nice stuff. I mean, yeah. the comics look in excellent condition. I wonder the comic called Supercar. Uh, <laughs> wow, some really old stuff there. Yeah, it took a team of eight men in three vans over six weeks to empty the house of all the items. Wow. They're all brand new or pristine. Yeah. Look at all the fucking retro fucking shit he's got there. Radios, answering machines, fucking <laughs> microwaves. It's mad, isn't it? It's incredible. <laughs> Even his bin cupboard is fucking Every... full. Literally everything is floor to ceiling, it's isn't it? Isn't it? Every yeah. room, it's mental. Wow. He didn't buy a lot of rubbish, a lot of it was top quality stuff, said his brother. Mm-hmm. That's why his brother's thinking, oh, ho, ho, I'm next to kill here. Four million quid. Thank you very much. Oh, imagine having a brother that did that and you didn't know what he was like, oh man, oh man, he's dead. Oh, that's terrible, isn't he? 44. And you go into his house and you're like, oh, what are you for? <laughs> Thank you, brother. <laughs> Look, first, you'd be like, is this all rubbish? Because it just looks like yeah. a fish at first, so you're like, you, you know. It's all in bin bags, isn't it? Yeah, until you started going yeah. through it, you'd be like, like, Oh, I ain't storing his shit in bin bags, is he? Ain't, <laughs> ain't one of them, is he? He ain't storing his own shit, that doesn't smell bad enough. <laughs> yeah, but then you see the shelves filled with the Beatles memorabilia, yeah. and you're like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, did you ever watch that Life of Grime? Yeah. That was mad, that wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and there was some guy with just bags of shit. He wouldn't get rid of his waste. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Bottles of piss and bags of shit. Why not? It's, it's just conditions. It's to do mental health. Yeah. You don't want to get rid of anything, so you just keep all like papers, drunk mail, everything. And yeah. You just don't. And they'd have to keep going back every month to clear the house. Wow. Just shit in yeah. bags. Yeah. Oh man, he should be put in a fucking hospital. That guy. He's clearly not sane enough to live on his own, is he? He's shitting in bags! (laughs) He's shitting in bin bags and leaving it hanging in the stench must be horrific! But you know how stretched our NHS services are? Mm -hmm. Mental health is terrible. Yeah, I know. It's best to send some cleaners round once a month or once every six months. They just sort of make a judgement saying, well, he can live with this for a month at a time. Mm -hmm. Fucking hell. If you're the cleaners, you're like, look, I enjoy the lucrative rates of being paid by the government, but I'm fed up of cleaning up your shit, pal. Can you just use the toilet? You've got one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not going to steal your poo. This yeah. is the wizard that well, lives he's not in well, it. He's obviously not well. Clearly. i got a turn on the fucking... <laughs> and with a better mental health service, he may have got the help he needed. Yeah. That's true. Mm. Okay. Last one. 
Okay, parents demand answers from school after kids say new classmate looks like a 40 year old man. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I want to see a picture of this. There's one in a bit, I think. Okay, so uh, a letter was sent home after a picture of the student who had enrolled for the first time in an upper year group was posted on Facebook. More than 70 parents responded to the post, with many saying that they intended to take the matter further. One parent who did not want to be named said, pupils were coming home saying that the ma- there's a man in our class. <laughs> <laughs> and they were saying that they reckoned he could be 40 years old. <laughs> he had a hairline, he had a very thin. thin hairline and apparently he has no birth certificate or passport. He might be the right age, or he might not. Be. <laughs> he looks haughty and he's baldy, <laughs> and he's a no, he's a foot taller than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's in the upper. Is it like you know oh, upper year? So yeah, he's yeah. maybe eighteen, then sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, so maybe, but still. Either way, the parents want some clarity. <gasps> So the teenager is thought to have travelled to the UK without documentation before being placed in a school. How did you just get into a school? You, you know, did you just rock up? Obviously said he's 18 or whatever, or 16, and they put him in school. Must be 16. You've got to have parents to be put in school, because your parents enrolled you, not yourself. If he's come over okay. on his own with yeah. no documentation, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't like. That. I guess they would just go. You know what? You're in the you're in the, you're in the <laughs> foster system, and you're going to school. Put me you've had a rough life, mate. You're only sixteen. <laughs> sixteen, good. So in the 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 letters to parents, the city council said that all necessary procedures have been followed in checking the age of the new well, staff. Both actually look at him with their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have got the blind guy to do the medical. Yeah. <laughs> everything's everything seems to be in order here. How do they how do they age you? Is there some kind of blood test or DNA I test? Know, fair. You cut off a leg and count the rings. <laughs> I think you, you can buy your teeth, can't you? Teeth, teeth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teeth. Okay, maybe so the dental records mm. would be according to play then. Yeah, but he's yeah, got the documentation, has he? Is it, is it yeah, but they'd do an exam on him, wouldn't they? And go, oh, you got wisdom teeth, buddy? You're not fucking 16. <laughs> yeah, we could estimate... Then he could have no teeth. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what his life was like. He might have no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy's like balding and got no teeth. <laughs> They're going to stop bullying him. He's got, he's got a noticeable hunch as well. <laughs> Soon you'll have a mighty hump. <laughs> Do you want to see a picture of him? <laughs> he does look old. <laughs> oh, old, he's got fucking stubble. <laughs> he's got a nine o'clock shadow, yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> he does look a bit old, doesn't he? <laughs> He's got to be 21, 23, isn't he? Certainly not 17. Or 16. Oh, man. I think this is a different guy, actually. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was something from 2018. I don't think we got a picture of this guy. Oh, we haven't. That's a shame. The 40-year-old with the (laughs) CD hairline. Be a good. (laughs) No teeth. (laughs) In class, was cracker. (laughs) 
Stop smoking a fan. Yeah, we're going out for a cigar. <laughs> going out for a joint. Doing some opium. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that little kid's going back and saying, this is a man in our class. <laughs> Looks like he's a 40-year-old. <laughs> well, I'll be emailing him straight away. What's uh, going on? Why does he look like someone's dad? <laughs> Maybe he is. I guess they're like, you know... They've been told when they get there, if they, if they say they're a kid, they're going to get priority. Yeah. Rather than being a single man. So they're like, hey, I'm 16. <laughs> He's like 40. <laughs> yeah. Is that a beer gut? <laughs> <laughs> Have you peed yourself a little? <laughs> oh. Well, I'll get the gammons in an uproar. Yep. All right, then. Weird news. Not weird news. Not weird news. Oh, fucked up facts. Can I have a jingle? Facts, facts, fucked up facts, 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 facts. Monks in the Kunhan district of Thailand were frustrated with littering in their district, so they built a temple entirely made from discarded beer bottles. Wow. You want to see it? That's the temple. Oh, wow. That's cool. Oh, impressive. Still, I'd be worried about Isn't it. Yeah. I'd be worried about how much beer bottles, how many beer bottles are being dropped in my local district. <laughs> I think everyone's got a drinking problem around here. Researchers at Virginia Tech are developing a more garlicky garlic. Ooh. Can't get any. Well, yeah. Can't get too garlicky, can you? It's just yes. Oh no, you can. I think. Can you? I like a bit of garlic. Yeah. Garlic butter, especially. I'd go for a. It's all right in small chunks, I think. Oh yeah, well the one makes your eyes water. I oh, know, that's onions. <laughs> yeah, ooh, garlic. Imagine like an ultimate cheesy garlic bread pizza. Mm. Garlicky as fuck. Oh, that'd be great. In 2019, faced with a drought, priests in the Indian city of Bhopal married two frogs to curry favour with the god of rain. Nice. Ah. Two months later, clerics had to divorce the frogs to provide some relief from the continuous rain that had damaged over 9,000 homes. No! <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do about this flooding, man? The gods are obviously pissed with us. Got an idea. You'll love it. We marry two frogs together. That'll appease the god of rain. Boom. Love it. He loves frogs. Then he finds out that they're actually two male frogs or two female frogs and the god of rain is a homophobe. <laughs> so I disapprove of same-sex frog marriage. <laughs> He's kept on raining, they're like, oh shit, divorce them, divorce them, it's not working. In 1995, Tuvalu, what? the country of Tuvalu, have you heard of that? No. no. I thought it was a travel company. <laughs> I thought you were saying Tuvalu. 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 It was a fucking travel company, Tuvalu. <laughs> Alright. Okay. No, it's a country, small Pacific island. They have a rugby team. I know they've got a football team. Hey? Yeah, I've got a football team. Wow. So I've played them as New Zealand manager. <laughs> I'm, I'm football manager. <laughs> wow, that's... Just so that the listener, Mike's a football manager nerd. I mean, what was it? Fifth division of the New Zealand League. Yeah. Barely football at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no ground and no fans. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently... Uh, in 1995, Tuvalu was assigned the domain code .tv. Nice. Yeah. So Tuvalu now earns about one twelfth of its annual gross 
national income by licensing .tv to tech companies. Ah, awesome! Yeah. Wonder how much that is. What does it say? It doesn't. Ah. Twelve. So I don't know how much it is. Yeah. But... Fair chunk. Yeah. Ching. <laughs> ching ching. The finished version of Raining Cats and Dogs is to rain from Esther's ass. What? Who's Esther and why is her ass so bad? Nobody is completely sure who Esther was. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Esther. <laughs> oh no, that means you're just bathing in Esther's liquid shit. <laughs> you know, you're walking a oh better put the old shit coat on, throw up your waterproof. Mm-hmm. That's fucking grim. Maybe she was just a particularly, uh, particular squirter. <laughs> it's still piss. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is it piss? Is yeah. It? I don't think it's piss, is it? Yeah, it's piss. It's not. It is. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Dr. Zeus's publisher bet $50 that he could not write a book using only 50 words. Yeah, but all this fucking stuff reads like that to me, to be yeah. fair. I fucking hate him. Seuss won the bet by writing Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah. He's only got 50 words in him. That's some 50 words, probably. Oh, that explains a lot. I never liked all that Dr. Seuss crap. It was too fucking crazy. Mm. It was stupid. I didn't like it. I quite liked it. I'm not into it. No? No. Uh, mm. I'd rather gouge my own eyes out than make a fucking old face. <laughs> Or oh, what's that movie with fucking Mike Myers in it where he was the cat in the hat? I'd, I'd rather gouge my own eyes out. It was quite annoying. <sighs> the Grinch is him, isn't it? Yeah, that's really annoying as well. Yeah. <laughs> According to sleep researchers, catching up on sleep over the weekend only makes you more tired on Monday morning. That explains a lot because I feel knackered now. I had a <laughs> 10 hours kip last night. <laughs> the cat just woke from a 19 hour kip. <laughs> yeah, but he's a cat. <laughs> it's alright for him. <laughs> For decades, astronomers at the Parkes Radio Telescope were baffled by radio bursts that seemed to have no physical explanation. Ooh. In 2015, astronomer Emily Petrov realised the signals were due to astronomers opening the microwave while it was still cooking. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh that's gutting. The way thinking, yes, we've done it, we've found an alien signal. It's like, Bob, don't take your jacket potato out before it pings, you cunt. <laughs> Sorry, I was saying cunt a lot today. Sorry. I <laughs> don't know why. It's nearly a full moon. <laughs> First beers of the weekend, I think, my tolerance has dropped. People feel thinner and lighter when they can smell lemons. Ah. When I want to walk around with some lemons in my pocket all the time. I've got a lemon shower gel at the moment. What <laughs> you think that you slimmer and lighter? Yeah. <laughs> I don't particularly so you feel thinner. Wave it around and make everyone else smell it. <laughs> That's the thing. Smell my lemon. <laughs> Pushing a lemon into people's faces. <laughs> smell it. Feel thinner. Feel bitter. Feel younger. <laughs> this is a health lemon. 50 quid. you got to cope with lemons hanging up inside. <laughs> Would you like to buy? Would you like to buy a lemon? <laughs> It'll make you feel thinner and fitter. In 1887, to encourage people to buy British, a law was passed that meant all products made in Germany had to be labelled as such. Right. This backfired when the made in Germany label became a sign of high quality. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's face it. Let's just use cars as an example. Would you rather have a BMW or a Rover? No question, is it? Mm. No. For anyone that doesn't know, Rovers were sort of the last British-owned car manufacturer and they were awful cars. But for some reason, everyone was really sad when it went. I had a Rover Metro. It was my first car. Ah, oh, that was one of their few successes, to be fair. Mm. This wasn't enough. <laughs> All their cars had that fucking strip of wood in the fucking dashboard for some reason. Did they? Yeah. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. They always had a strip of wood just with the glove box. Mm. Mine was a budget model. It, didn't <laughs> <laughs> it just had a separate plastic piece, probably. Yeah. <laughs> strip of the same coloured plastic. This summer, a fox in Berlin stole more than a hundred shoes from people's porches and hid them in a thicket. <laughs> His favourite seems to have been Crocs. Oh, Chester. Most people are now keeping their shoes indoors. <laughs> oh, man, foxes love Crocs, you'd have thought. Must be the smell of them or something. Oh, don't, sorry, German people, just don't leave your shoes out on the porch. I read an article the other day about this cat that likes to rob people's stuff in this cul-de-sac and it comes back with like gardening gloves, it comes back with just, well, you know, just little things like, you know, a peg bag but with no pegs in it and she's had to sort of try and give back all these items. <laughs> Sounds like a twat. <laughs> but, but they find it quite funny. Oh, bless. They haven't crucified it to the elder's door yet then? No. Okay. One restaurant in Bangkok has been simmering their beef soup base continuously for 45 years. See, what were we saying about the flavour building up? Oh, in the pan. Off mic, yeah. Um, except they would like to make it clear they do clean the pot, they just transfer it to a different pot so they can clean it. So they do clean the pots, actually. Yeah, but they use the old fucking grease and fat still, don't they? So it's all good. So it's just the same sort of thing, but they're just adding a bit more water to it, a bit more meat yeah. to it, and... I suppose if it's always a constant heat, it's mm. not going to um, develop those microbes, is it? No, I suppose you're taking you're taking it out as well, aren't you? Replacing it a mm -hmm. bit, putting new stuff in, adding to it. Yeah, magical. So I doubt there's been molecules that have been there for forty five years. Maybe, I would imagine they would have either burnt off or been eaten. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, imagine the taste of that. Ooh, forty five years of flavour. The latrine fall of 1184, this doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> the latrine fall? Yeah. Okay. Was a disaster in Germany where a large group of noblemen gathered in a room above a latrine pit to discuss the distribution of power in the Holy Roman Empire. Right. The floor caved in, causing up to 100 of them to fall in and drowned in liquid excrement. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Why would you build a toilet upstairs in a castle? <laughs> oh, put it on the lowest level or something. Jesus, you don't want it fucking above a meeting room. No, it's below. Be below it, they all below fall in. Yeah, but the latrine's above the room, isn't it? Yeah. No, it's, it's all below. Oh, they all oh, they dropped in. Yeah. Oh, I thought it gave way from above. No. no oh, no. oh man. Oh. Ah. Uh, why are you having a meeting room that close to that much shit? Uh. <laughs> you know. They're all drinking. It was a heavy meat diet. <laughs> I guess there was a lot of liquid shit going on. Well, there's only like that floor between them and the. And oh, I'd the... want that floor reinforced to the fucking max, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, it's gonna reek. 
in them time, surely, aren't you? Yeah. But then again, I suppose you just got used to it, didn't you? Because you li- everywhere you went, it's not a shit. Yeah. Didn't have toilet paper either. Well, that's you it. Shit yourself. Everyone's walking around with shitty asses. <laughs> shitty robes. Yeah, I mean, they used to have like long sleeve shirts. Yeah. And they'd like basically pull the tails of themselves and then tie it off so they, they would act as underwear. Right. Talking shit in their breeches if they had to. <laughs> or getting shit stains on their breeches. <laughs> mm. The sound of a car door closing with a solid thunk. Mm-hmm has been engineered using psychoacoustics to sound much more robust than it actually is. Interesting. So the noise is fake. So all the effort they've made in making that car noise sound chunkier and more well-built... Could have made it better. They could have just made it a bit more well-built. In the long term, they're going to save money, aren't they? Okay. Seems a bit counterproductive. I've had an absolute shed of a car before and when you've like shut the door it's just like chink like that and you <laughs> don't feel as safe as, <laughs> as a, it's true yeah it's true how do you like that chunk noise as well mm-hmm. you get a well made car door usually from a foreign car probably German <laughs> <laughs> okay finishing this one then when cicadas are infected by the hallucinogenic massapora cicardina fungus they turn into rampant sex addicts who mate until their genitals fall off. <laughs> What's a saccara? Saccara, it's like, um, it's like a moth, isn't it? Oh, I don't Like know. a locust or something. It, locust? I had a newt type thing in my head. They've actually got a, a weird life cycle <laughs> where they like, hibernate and they only come up every seven years. Alright. So yeah. you give them this stuff. They get this fungus, if they, if they get infected by this hallucinogenic... They turn into rampant sex addicts who mate until their genitals fall off. Wow. <laughs> Still, you'd be satisfied, wouldn't you? I mean, you'd be like, oh, man. You'd have to pee because yeah. you're not I getting li- any I literally fucked until my dick fell off. <laughs> you can't, I think mean, that's like God-level fucking, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, I don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> I've done everything I can possibly do. Come to the Kama Sutra 17 times. <laughs> well, you better hope you're done. Because <laughs> you want to be fucking again. <laughs> well, you've got a wooden stump. Well, I don't think that the <laughs> these little insect things are that into prosthetics, Mike. I don't think they have a national health service. Well, I meant you, if it could be transferred over. <laughs> well, I want a gnat stuck there. <laughs> No, if you had the hallucinogen that made you do it. Oh, right. Well, I'd probably be in jail, to be fair. Because there'd be a lot oh, of women... That, because I'd become a rampant sex addict. you just have a big debt, that's all. Like a prostitute you pay. Well, who's to say does it affect my brain and women who say no? Who knows? <laughs> 47 <laughs> no's and a yes is still a yes. Well, just make sure you give it the, the same hallucinogen to another woman. Oh, right, that makes sense. Willing woman, obviously. Don't drug her. What if I jumped up the town centre on a certain day? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe the changing room at the ladies' gym. <laughs> you know, what about that? Is that unethical? I'd say so. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. So I'd say that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Cutting the Ball in the Post Street Apocalypse. We are on YouTube, Cutting the Ball in... Oh, it's Apocalypse Ball on YouTube. Yeah. Are we on Instagram and Twitter now again? Yeah. 
Cutting to the bum. Cutting through the bum, yeah. Okay, that's it. That's everywhere we are. Like the Facebook page. Give us a listen. Recommend us to a friend, a lover. Maybe maybe two lovers if you're lucky enough. <laughs> so yeah, I've Just been don't ben. fuck until your genitals fall off. Don't fuck until your genitals fall off. So I've been Ben. Thanks for listening. Don't drink the flavour aid. Don't join a cult. Don't fuck until your genitals fall off. <laughs> don't watch 1917. It's shit. <laughs> I've been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire. Keep an open mind, but not so open that it dribbles out your ears. Good night.